0: We have started a new series, um, I think this is the third one we're, we're doing in this, and I'm excited about what God's doing through this series. Um, I think we've had the uh, King David and Zacharias, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, uh, so far, and you've got a guess who I'm doing today. There's a little quiz right at the beginning, so hopefully if the overhead works for me, Uh, You have a chance to show your knowledge um, and come up with the right person. And no cheating if you already know who it is. (laughs) So we're talking about ordinary people doing extraordinary things because they serve an extraordinary God. And that means that you and I can do extraordinary things because we fit into the category of ordinary people and we do have an extraordinary God. Way. Joel Slide, and I think this is important to remember. Why me is in some ways a strange question, because why not is a better answer. We can do things not because of who we are, but because we serve a mighty God. And he lives within us, and he empowers us, and he strengthens us, and he enables us so that we can actually go and do extraordinary things. So don't feel limited. Your capacity in God is not limited to what you can achieve in your own strength. Your capacity in God is only limited, and there's no limit to what God can do. And that is an amazing truth. So, oh, that's annoying. <laughs> they were all supposed to flick up one after the other, but it didn't work. I don't know if even from that you can all tell who's from. Grandfather of Heman, who was a singer in the charge of the house of the service of, of song in the house of David when David was king. Um, firstborn son who shared the name of our pastor. His father was a Levite who lived in the hill country of Ephraim, a contemporary of the mighty Samson, and who preceded, Samson preceded him as the last judge of Israel. So who is it? I thought, nobody knows? I'm surprised. Last judge of Israel. Samuel! Yay! (laughs) Yay! So I think we definitely do need to do some teaching today on this topic because there um, doesn't seem to be a lot there that people know about this incredible man. I mean, he is one of the most amazing men that I read of in the Bible. This timeline, you don't have to worry about it too much, but Samuel comes pretty much in the middle there, um, just before King David and uh, King, King Saul first, then King David uh, is Samuel as the leader of the people of Israel. He was the last judge. This is the judges. Um, Samuel is um, in green up the top there. And he was actually a contemporary of Samson, the mighty man of God who was able to do incredible things with feats of strength. Um, and Samuel, he were alive at the same time. And working on the Lord's behalf... Um, to do incredible things it's important to understand samuel got to understand something of the historical context and the truth is at this particular point the israelites were completely subjugated by the philistines Um, the people of israel had done evil in the sight of the lord so the lord gave them into the hand of the philistines and the philistines treated them roughly they were basically slaves Philistines were powerful in the world at the time because they had iron technology. They had cultural superiority because they came from, probably from Crete, um, from the Minoan Society, I think it was there, and they were able to do pretty amazing technological things for their age, and they didn't share their technology with anybody. They wanted to keep it for themselves. So... Israel was disorganised, culturally backward, relying on bronze technology. And there was even a shortage of tin, which was what bronze was made from, one of the key ingredients. So they were in dire trouble. And Samuel was born and lived a big chunk of his life with Philistines ruling over him. People of Israel at the time had a semblance of faith in God... But they also hedged their bets, which is, seems to be a common thing that we, even as Christians today, do. Uh, so they also serve foreign gods like Baals and Ashtaroth, And we know this because when Samuel later challenged them about it, they had to put aside all their Baals and Ashtaroth. And yet, when the Ark of the Covenant came into the camp of the army, they gave a shout that was so loud that the earth resounded. So they knew kind of about God, but they also wanted to make sure they didn't offend any of the local gods either. So they didn't really have a whole heart after God in in any form. And to make matters worse, Eli's sons, who were the priests at the time, were a bit of a waste of space. It's a bit like if Joel in our fellowship... um, was trying to inspire you all to greater faith, and yet he was sleeping with the people around him and he was nicking the offerings and pocketing them. You probably wouldn't want to serve him and be inspired by him in that sort of state. Not that Joel does that ever. (laughs) I hasten to add. (laughs) But um, this was what they were like. They were worthless men and they did not know the Lord, according to 1 Samuel 2 verse 12. And even when their father warned them about their actions, they just didn't listen. Unsurprisingly, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there was no frequent vision. God did find an unnamed man that we have no idea who he was to come and rebuke Eli and his sons. um, But that was the only prophetic occurrence that we get pretty much right through the whole book of Judges and then beginning of this book of Samuel so we've got the, the Israelites subjected uh, under subjection to, to the, the Philistines they were, they were in trouble they had lousy role models as their lead, their spiritual leaders and Samuel steps onto the stage so what's Samuel's story first off his name means heard of God, and he was the son of Elkanah and Hannah, who, and Hannah was actually barren and prays for a miracle because she wanted a child. Eli assures her that her prayers have been answered, and when the child is born, she dedicates him as a Nazarite, someone separated out to God, just like Samson. Samuel's father was a Levite family, so he's of the priestly line, and he lived in the territory of Ephraim, and that's why he's called an Ephraimite. From an early age, Samuel was given up by his family, and in the words of my translation of the Bible, he was lent to the Lord as long as he lived, because his mother had pledged this due to Samuel's miraculous conception. So Samuel ministered as a boy to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest, and the good thing was, he did a pretty good job of it. He actually took it seriously. He was faithful in what he did. His service wasn't just something he took lightly. And the people around him all noticed it. The boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor favor with the Lord and also with men. And like Samuel, and this is before Samuel even really knew the Lord... We must all learn that service for the Lord in any capacity to what we've, uh, that we're called, we should do to the best of our ability. And beyond that even, we can stretch ourselves because the Lord is with us and do things that in our own strength we could never actually do. God, serving God is the starting point for a life of faith, a fruitful life of faith, and probably should be the finishing point as well. It's so only when Samuel knew how to diligently serve the Lord that God revealed himself to Samuel and spoke directly to him. And most of us, who have ever been to Sunday school, know the story of how Samuel was called twice. And then on the third time, at the urging of the, the, um, the, the priest Eli, Samuel answered, Speak for your servant heareth. And then he hears the voice of the Lord to him speaking a prophecy. And Samuel's life is changed from that moment on. He's got a new master, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God, the Father. And he wants to serve that new master with everything he's got. And the truth is, he doesn't actually let anything that the Lord gives to him fall to the ground. Everything that God gives to him, he shares faithfully and completely And that's why he was able to be known as a prophet. And, you know, we also, as Christians, need to learn how to hear from God. We have to learn how to hear from God and be directed by him. And we've got to firstly know him in the first place. Our ministry, our life should be coming out of that truth and the truths that he reveals to us as we go along in life. And complete obedience to that is what is asked for. You'll have to forgive me because I can't see slides all the way over there. So I'm sort of guessing where I'm at. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet. And the Lord again appeared at Shiloh. For the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God needs people to be His vessels to get His message out there. He could do it directly into lives, and He did to Samuel. But He also wants to use people, obedient people, to get His message out there. So when we hear things from Him and we're led of Him, it's our responsibility then to take that up and to obey them to the best of our ability, and in the strength that God gives us. That's what Samuel did. And he was able to bring the word of the Lord to the whole of Israel. He was recognized as a prophet from that moment on. I'm going to go on to the next one, I think. Yeah, obey and grow. When we receive directive words from God and we're sure them from him, we need to wholeheartedly and completely obey them. Like Samuel, this is how we grow and increasingly live a fruitful life for the Lord. Our Lord Jesus lived a perfect life of obedience to God and set the example that we should do the same. He even went to death on a cross in obedience to the Lord. And what he asked us to do If we're going to abide in him, we've got to walk in the same way that he did. He set the example for obedience. We need to do the same. And Samuel can be one of our examples as well of complete obedience. One of the many examples that um, you can see of obedience, and I think Joel mentioned it in his preach, was how Samuel found King David to to come on, uh, set up King David to come on the scene. Large family. Nobody family really, Um, no position or prestige, pretty dodgy um, uh, timeline in their their family history. Lots of people from outside of Israel. There was a prostitute and Ruth, who was a Moabite. And yet God chose the youngest son, but he chose Samuel to find that person and then anoint him with oil. And when Samuel was obedient and chose the right person the Holy Spirit rushed upon David because obedience is how God can bless and bring his will to bear. Really important that many years later, David was able to... Well, the the fact that Samuel had anointed him to be king was one of the reasons that the rest of Israel was able to accept him as king. So that act of obedience was so important to setting up David as king. Like Samuel, Christians must grasp the fact that obedience to God's word is the most important thing we can do in life. Just after the time that Samuel learned how to hear the voice of God and began to give words to the people, the Ark of the Covenant was captured at the Battle of Ebenezer and the the Philistines were literally once again in complete control of the Israelite community. The ark got sent back pretty quick because the the Philistines were being literally wiped out by by God because he didn't like the fact that his ark was in their their hands and they were trying to put the ark in their temples to other gods. Um, But Israel was in trouble. And it's not for 20 years that we again see Samuel come to centre stage. And at this point, the house of Israel is lamenting after the Lord and I think it's interesting that this is probably, I can't say for sure, but this is probably at the time when Samson died. Mighty strength pushed down the barriers, the, the the pillars in the temple of the Philistines, and he wiped out a lot of their leadership, and a lot of their key generals and key key army people. And of course, the house of Israel would have been lamenting because. They realized that their judge had just died. But Samuel steps up. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you're returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Astros, and they served the Lord only. They were challenged to do so, and they grasped it. And what was the response? They were attacked by the Philistines. But the thing that's key to remember is that here, one man stands up and has the guts to say to a people who are struggling. Serve the Lord only. Get rid of all the other stuff. Focus on him, and then you will be set free. He knew his God, and he knew that he that God wanted his people to wholeheartedly follow him. And he mirrored that sort of lifestyle. I believe that God wants us to model and inspire. We should be living in such a way that when we go around in life, people look at us and they go, yeah, we really need to put aside all of these things that are getting in the way of our walk with God because it's not doing us any favours. Because look at this, these people here. They are serving me wholeheartedly and their life is on track. Then Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah and I will pray for the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel. If you're a Philistine and you see a big group of people gathering together, we're talking probably hundreds of thousands of people gathering together, you think rebellion we're going to go and squish this right now we've got all of the weapons those lot have nothing we've got the technology we've got the culture we've got the training we might have lost a few leaders when that big strong guy pushed over our temple walls and a lot of people died but we're still way 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 better than these other guys here so they come and they attack And the people of Israel were scared stiff, and I'm not surprised. But instead of running, they looked to Samuel, and they looked to the Lord through him, in effect. And Samuel actually inspired faith and trust in God. And that was so important at this time when there was such a dire need. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, "Do not cease to cry out to the Lord for us, to to, to the Lord God for us, that He may save us from the hand of the Philistines." So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. And Samuel, and as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion, and they were defeated for Israel. Like Samuel, we've got to learn that the truth is the Israelites were not going to win that battle. They had pretty well no chance whatsoever in their natural selves. But with God, they could do it. And sometimes we need to pray for God to intercede. And that's what Samuel was doing here. He was crying out to God, offering up sacrifice and bringing God to the forefront and saying, Lord, we can't do this, but you can. And then the Philistines went into confusion and this disorganized, motley bunch of Israelites were able to basically subdue them. So the whole table was turned, not because of what they could do, but because of what God could do. And that's the important thing. In obedience, Samuel called them all together. In obedience, they'd um, given their life back to him and got rid of all the foreign gods and been wholeheartedly followed the Lord again. And the Lord turns up when we do that. And it was amazing, the truth, the, 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 the victory that was won. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territories of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to to Gath and Israel uh, delivered. Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. The first battle where the ark was lost was at Ebenezer. So I think Samuel didn't want him to think about that Ebenezer. He set up another one, a stone of remembrance or a stone of help. And he said, forget that battle this Ebenezer remember that because sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what God has done we need to pick ourselves up by looking back and going God you've been good to us you are a mighty God and you do great things memories can get hazy sometimes it's important to even write things down so that we actually hear from God at what we hear from God and then we can go back to it and be encouraged yet again so, the prospects of people, the people of Israel were now turned around completely. They'd beaten their biggest enemy. They were no longer subject to them. They could flourish as a free people. And they had a competent, trustworthy, inspiring leader who knew God and who knew how to hear his voice, and he wanted their best. Things had turned around, and they were able to look to Samuel to keep things turned around. And sometimes we need to do that in our own lives. If things are turned around so that we are doing the right thing, well and good. But if we start to turn back again, we need someone just to help us and encourage us to turn back to the Lord again. We can do that for each other as Christians. We can look to our leaders that inspire us to do that. But don't allow yourself to be turned around because that way is a way of being back in subjugation again to the things of the world instead of being God's people able to achieve great things for him. When Samuel was old, oh, that's where the Ebenezer one comes. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a bit. When Samuel was old, he thought he could put up his sons as the judges to carry on his role. And this is Samuel's one big I mean, cross in, his, in, in, in the little boxes of things he did. He didn't do his sons well. When Samuel was old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> and the name of the second, Abijah. They were judges in Bathsheba, yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. So maybe Samuel wasn't a great dad. Do you know, I think it's so important not to neglect our kids in favor of ministry so that we don't have something similar happen with our own families. If we've got family, we need to be giving them time and modeling (laughs) good Christian living to them and inspiring them to become the men and women of God that God wants them to be. I don't know why these two decided to go their own way and it's a good thing that God didn't allow them to be judges because he would have pulled Israel down. But it is important for us not to... We've got to learn from people like Samuel. Don't neglect your family for ministry. They are important and they are part of your ministry, a key, central part of it. And we need to be praying for our family and, and being there for them and loving them and wanting God's very best for every one of them. God saw that Samuel needed someone to restrain them. Samuel had been doing that for a long time. He, God knew that, People, they can be a bit sheep-like at times. They look over there and the grass looks greener and the sheep just go over there. It might be danger and all sorts of peril, but they'll go there because they think it's better. And sometimes we do need restraint. And that was what the kings of Israel were supposed to do, restrain the people and keep them walking with the king of kings as lord of their lives, with the king just as his intermediary. Samuel knew that an earthly king could never truly serve to be the king of Israel unless the king of kings was lord of their life. And he attempted to teach Saul this truth, but failed miserably. And that's why I think in the end they ended up with David, because Saul just kept Not understanding that the king of kings, the lord of all the universe, was the one he really should be serving and not the people just alone. Earthly kings are human and make mistakes that can be disastrous for their subjects. So Samuel, under God's direction, set up the whole principle that any king or any leader of any sort must be subject to the king of kings and his word to those people through the prophets. David was hauled in a number of times throughout his life by the prophets coming to him and saying, you're not doing right. That's why he was um, pulled up when he did the whole thing of his adulterous relationship and murder. This prophetic legacy was set up by Samuel so that God's voice through prophets was trumping the authority of the king. And that was so important right throughout the history of Israel because, let's face it, some of those kings weren't that great and they didn't really serve the Lord in any meaningful way. In fact, some of them led the people away to other gods. So Samuel anointed a king um, to take his place. It wasn't a particularly great thing at the beginning, but by the end... They had King David because of Samuel's second anointing. I'm going to skip on because we're running out of time. Towards the end of his life, Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed, the new king Saul. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I op- oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us, or oppressed us, or taken anything from any man's hand. We need to be like this people. The world is looking at us. And if we don't model integrity and set a good example, then it's not going to look good for the Lord whom we serve. And those people are going to reject him because of us to some extent. We must make sure we're people of integrity and do like Samuel did right through his life and not like his sons did. Another thing that Samuel did, and I'm again picking something out here that I think happened. Before his time, there were no prophets, really. The voice of the Lord was rare. Then during his time of his ministry, all of a sudden there were bands of prophets raised up all over the country. Saul joined in with them and was prophesying with them at one point. And during the time of David, they were there, and we see them right throughout Israel's history and i believe i can't say from scripture that it's true but i believe that god got samuel to set this whole thing up he was the mentor to them all because he knew how to hear from god and he passed on what he knew to those around him and we need to be doing the same if we've learned something from god it's not to keep it to ourselves and to think forget them i've got this one cracked some I'm, I'm okay We've got to pass it on. That's our responsibility. It's so important for the life of the kingdom because God wants all of us to grow up and he wants the knowledge that he gives to one of us to be passed on to others so that all of us can have that knowledge and then pass it on to others in turn. If we ever want to see revival, we have to get good at this because that's the way that revival can only work by us all passing on to the many that will come in. One leader won't have it all and won't be able to do it all. We all have to do it. We've got to pass on and learn to be able to be used in a discipleship process for the Lord, as I believe Samuel did. Samuel was a hero of the faith. He was in the Hebrews 11 um, category of heroes of the faith. He was one of those people, and he inspired greater faith wherever he went. And people could see that he served the Lord, he could hear the Lord, and they trusted him. And mighty things were done through Samuel's ministry because he served a mighty God. I'm just going to finish this sermon by quoting one of Samuel's prayers. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, it will be well with you. Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself only fear the lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart and consider what great things he has done for you let's pray father i want to thank you that as i read the words of that first 16 chapters of the book of samuel it inspires me And I realized that if you can do that in that situation and turn a a group of people who half-heartedly follow you or have no real knowledge of you into a a group of people who, who wholeheartedly follow you because of what you did through Samuel, then, Lord, maybe you can do it in this town of Aberystwyth and all the surrounding regions. And Lord, I just want to say right now, Lord, before you, that here am I, Lord. If you want to use me in any way to reach the people of this community, then show me what to do, Lord, so that I can obey you wholeheartedly. And Lord, I trust you, and I know that it's not my strength that will do this. It's you working through me that has the only chance of being able to reach this lost people. And I pray that each one of us will make that same commitment. That wherever we go and whatever we do, we'll stand in the gap for you, Lord. For these people who need you so much, many of whom have some vague knowledge of faith, as the Israelites did in this time of Samuel. But Lord, they need to follow you wholeheartedly and put aside all the other things that are empty. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us, each one, to play our part in just turning the tide of this whole area and this nation for you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.